Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hey, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss the Rome Convention, the treaty that governs all of this, and reciprocity. Say that three times fast. And we have Andrew, Tanya, Gina, and me. I'm Stacy. Anything wow. dealing with copyright is called a convention or a treaty. And basically what it is, is it's an international agreement that countries sign or don't sign. If they agree, they sign. If they don't agree, they don't sign. The Rome Convention was where the countries met in 1961 to talk about copyright and equitable remuneration. And most countries in the world signed that treaty. And some countries didn't. Big, big thing, US didn't, because they couldn't, because it required that broadcast media pay equitable remuneration, pay neighboring rights. And of course, in the US, there's no royalty for broadcast. You can't go against terrestrial and the radio stations. So they couldn't join. That's a problem. And that's why if you record in the US or you're a US citizen recording in the US, you don't qualify for neighboring rights in the rest of the world. Yes, you can think the broadcasters from the early days for lobbying against payouts for sound recordings for broadcast. That's right. And the radio stations, they just, they have a strong lobby and the law has not changed in how many years? When we talk about who owns a copyright in the recording, if you recorded pre-1972, you don't have a phonographic copyright. It's a problem. There are huge problems. But anyway, Australia didn't sign in in full. You know, they opted mm. out of some bits. I feel like South Africa was another country. I think South Africa was a country that didn't sign. I think they're the three majors. I think it's US, mm. South Africa and Australia. But the US did sign. There was a later agreement, wasn't there? Yes, that is specifically why Sound Exchange was created for that reason, to collect on satellite and internet radio broadcasts. So whereas here in the US, there is no payouts for radio, terrestrial radio or broadcast. That specifically was set up in the 90s to encompass internet and digital radio. So all is not lost, but a lot is lost. American musicians will get some royalty income. It's still worth them joining a collection society, but they won't get as much income as, say, a UK artist that records in the UK and, and is played on radio, terrestrial radio over here. We understand the setup and the limitations of collecting on terrestrial radio. What are some ways that we can work around this for countries that are participants in the Rome Convention? One of the ways is through the rights holder royalties. So for instance, some major labels, when the UK entity or any other country entity collects the neighboring rights, because that country is a signatory, they will pay it through to the US label and the US label will pay it through to the US Performers. Not every label does. Most labels do. And also record in a country. That's Rome Convention Treaty. Exactly. So um, quite a few American performers that are in the know and are savvy or their managers are. They'll drive across the border to Canada, you know, to Vancouver. There's lots of studios there. It's not that far from California. We all drive south to Mexico. And if you can record the track there, even if they're all American, they'll get paid because it was made outside of the US in a Rome Convention country. Canada and Mexico are popular destinations. Like 
likewise quite a few come to the UK as well don't they and we call oh, yeah. so it's a very important piece of data to ensure that you get correct when you're entering or when the rights holder is entering the initial data onto your collection society database you're often asked the country of recording uh-huh. and if you do ensure that you enter it correctly if it was indeed recorded in a signatory country because it does affect your royalty income and going back to where they'll pay the label if you as the artist are the label then that's great because you will be paid but you'll be paid the double share so you know by all means you will get both the royalty incomes that are due to you the the issues come when it's paid on to the label only for the performer share many many artists aren't aware of that unfortunately and it isn't always passed on the country of commissioning of the recording also can qualify you so if Mm -hmm. you're here in london and you're doing say an americana album and you want to hire nashville musicians if they send their stems to you and everything is mixed and mastered here then it is typically the country of recording but also it is definitely the country of commissioning so then those u.s artists could qualify Uh, yeah there's two tabs that you fill in country of recording country of commissioning most rights holders especially self-releasing artists they don't know what that even means country of commissioning but it's basically where is a record label based so if if you're a self-releasing artist based in ireland for example it would be ireland even if the band you signed are all american recorded in america country of commissioning is ireland so you would qualify just before we all start crying for american musicians who record in america neighboring rights collection in the u.s is triple that of every other country in the world there is a Mm -hmm. much bigger pot in the u.s so american artists aren't going broke for neighboring rights because they can't have UK income, but they should get every buck that's owed to them. So maximize if you can. And that is because the pie here is bigger, but they're not realizing the full extent of that pie. So we are just collecting on digital satellite radio, not terrestrial radio. So there is an extra amount of income that we are hypothetically leaving on the table here, which is why, you know, Americans are getting paid out more money because there's just more money to be had. But there is hope because there's national treatment with Canada and Mexico, I believe, that also mm-hmm. pays out on terrestrial broadcast to Americans, regardless of signatories on the Rome Convention. Was that last year Canada introduced an agreement to pay US musicians? July 2020. Sound Exchange has been very proactive in lobbying for national treatment from everywhere else in the world. And Canada have agreed. I believe EU have agreed. UK have not agreed mm-hmm. because UK says no reciprocity unless you're going to pay us national treatment, then you can't, you know, and they're mistaking what national treatment means. It just means we want to be paid the same way you pay your own artists. And of course, they don't pay their own artists for terrestrials. And Australia is very funny. Australia will only pay Australia. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So because we, we never get pay Australian. So if I'm a US person and I recorded music in Australia mm-hmm. and my music is played on the radio, then I won't get paid. They'll pay the rights holder. That's the performer. Um, Oh, got it. Okay. There is a legislation that's going through, isn't it? Fair Pay, Fair Play Act. Yes. We're still a long way, or the world of neighbouring rights is still a long way from coming to an agreement to pay performers, but it is something that is being investigated, and we hope one day will come to fruition. We're just not there yet, unfortunately. For a little bit of context on the Fair Play, Fair Pay Act, this is lobbying by, and large, sound exchange for terrestrial broadcasts to pay out the 
same way the rest of the world does. Hopefully. I think Sound Exchange are great because they, they were a grassroots organization and now they're just making millions for their members. It's just great. Yeah, Sound Exchange is amazing. They actually they collect around a billion dollars a year um, just on satellite radio alone. And they're also very dedicated to data and client service. So they're really a big industry leader and advocates for, for artists and rights holders. And they're the only society that will pay the former even if the rights holder hasn't registered anything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have a lot of positives. How knowledgeable are they about neighboring rights in, in as in, say, a percentage of artists that actually would know to sign up with a collection society? I'm just throwing a number out of my head, maybe 15%. 15? Wow. Very, very low. So, yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah, Art- around 20% max. Yeah. Yeah. The number of American artists that I've spoken to that have come and asked me for information on it and, and how to deal with it kind of led me to believe that it wasn't strongly known within American artists. We don't even call it that here because we can't technically even call it here. We say non-interactive digital performance, not neighboring rights. Non-interactive digital performance. Interesting. Okay, that's good to know. So we've got a lot of work to do then, spreading the word in America. Some artists, especially from the pandemic, have been collaborating over Zoom and just sending their stems overseas. So if you have your Hmm. song or production mixed in a country that is recognized by the Rome Convention, you can get paid, just to reiterate that again. And international collaborations, much easier, much more accepted now, and a great way to go. Combinations that we wouldn't have seen before. That's right. So there's hope, and there's loads of money, so join a CMO. And also with the EU national government, because it's down to each EU member state to look at the legislation and implement it, but the Netherlands, so Senate in the Netherlands have already done that, which is great. So uh, they paid quarter one, 2020, 21 a couple of days ago and that was their first payment where they treated American performers like a European performer and it was quite a big payout so everyone was excited about that so Senna in the Netherlands are another good one. Any questions about this topic just go to ifr.co.uk click on join become a member and then you could ask us directly.